This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning comic book store, Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. And listeners like you, head to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate or check us out at Patreon backslash TwoHeadedNerd. Yes? Oh, ha, ha. Remember me, old chum? You jolly Coming to you live from the ziggurat at Omaha, at Omaha, deep below the metro area, it's THN cover to cover for Saturday, April 10th. My name is Matt Bomb. Matt Bomb apparently forgot how to do this. It's WrestleMania weekend. I'm all freaked out. Oh, wow. I don't, I don't really care this year, honestly. Uh, well, I don't care any any year, so My congrats. Lot of exciting stuff. Uh, I am the Internet's Joe Patrick. Here's how it works every Saturday morning at 11 Central. Matt and I go live on our Facebook page and the Zoom to wrap about the week's new comics, nerd news, movies, TV, and of course, the question of the week. Live with our listeners. This is a live show, as Joe Patrick said two times, and we need you to play along. So jump into our Zoom. You can find the link at the bottom, or it's going to be at the top of our live stream in the Facebook chat. You can call us at 402. I don't know why I'm doing this with my hand. It's an audio podcast. I don't know. Well, Brian Domingos can see it. I suppose that's true. You can call us at 402-819-4894, or you can click the Facebook call now button, or just chat with us in our Facebook live chat while we are talking through uh, everything, all our feelings and the things that we want to rap about. If you can't be here live, that's okay too. You can send a message or an MP3 to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. You can leave us a message at the phone number I mentioned. But before we get into it and open the phone lines, you jerks, we just want to set up a whole bunch of nerd news that we missed over the last two weeks that we've got to talk about, you guys, because a bunch of cool stuff happened. Joe Patrick. We're we're probably not really going to talk much about the news, let's be honest. Probably not, but we'll let everybody know what happened that we're interested in. So let's set them up with a little bit of nerd news. I missed that. I had to start doing it again. Yeah. It was too tame before. Listen, we're rolling through it fast because we decided we were spending way too much time recapping the news after we had already made the decision to stop recapping the news. Right. I mean, but but like, here's the hits. Let's recap the news just in a quicker fashion. Yeah. Just the hits. All right. So this week, Marvel announced a timeline for the post Hellfire Gala uh reign of x titles they are going to launch three new titles one of them is they're relaunching x-men again well a new x-men number one but this is the team that everybody voted on we're not gonna I guess we're not gonna find out till june who's actually on the team fair enough that's they, yeah, they that's showed true. us like the first round of voting and then they got really quiet and then they decided well they no were- that's because the team we already knew everybody that was on the team except for the last member which was voted on by fans oh is that it Oh, that's right. Yes. We're voting on one So we're member. only that's waiting right. until June to find out which idiot the fans voted for. Right. We're just going to find out the Banshees on the team in June, right? It's not going to be it's Banshee. I think it's Banshee. Polaris. Polaris ran away with Come it, on. which is stupid. Come on. Uh, so anyway, the new X-Men number one is not by Hickman. It's by Jerry Duggan and Pepe Larraz. Uh, like, that's a great creative team. We've got a classified title that uh, they didn't do a very good job covering up. Bleeding Cool <laughs> says it looks like it spells out The Trial. Uh, which seems like it could be right. Uh, it's by Leo Williams and Valerio Skeedy. The current team on X Factor, right? Uh, no, X Factor is drawn by David Baldion. What a, what book? Are, uh, oh, but that is Leo Williams and David Baldion. Leo Williams, yeah, okay, yeah. right. 
Right. Uh, and then there is a one that is a circle. It's just a big question mark by Jonathan Hickman and redacted. So not only is the name redacted, but the artist is redacted. Oh my God. Now, let me, let me walk you through my theory on this one. It's a circle uh, in a very similar way that the X-Men logo is a circle. Okay. Right? All right. I'll buy it. So I'm wondering if this might be a relaunched Uncanny X-Men. Well, I mean, look, if you relaunch Uncanny, I'm fine with it. <laughs> I'm totally fine yeah. with it. <laughs> I mean, here, here's but the wrinkle, though. We've uh, already it, got uh, all these other X books, though. I mean, no, it's true. I, I, hey, man, I get it. What are you going to do with uh, Uncanny? You know, it's I, I don't know, but yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't know what it could be. Um, that could be the team the Banshee's on. The, yes. There, let's we, hope. Go. there uh, we go. The wrinkle, though, is that um, it, apparently it is not a secret that Jonathan Hickman refused to allow any of the rebranded X books to be called uncanny X-Men. I don't know why, but that's what I read. Maybe he hates the title. I don't know. All right. That's three new X-Men titles. Moving on. We're getting a new Moon Knight series in advance of the upcoming Disney plus show. I like how that's how they're, uh, uh, that's how they are labeling it. Considering the show is probably many months away. Yeah. I also like how you shortened it to a D plus show, which made it sound like, look, the show's not great. <laughs> it's, it's not a failure. <laughs> yeah, it's, a D, it's, a D it's not a failure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not a failure. It's but a it's not a good effort. <laughs> it's practically a C minus. Yeah, it's like 75 uh, out of 100. <laughs> right. Uh, so the writer is going to be Jed McKay of the Black Cat, uh, Black Cat fame. He's a good writer. People seem to like him. Love it. And uh, new artist, Alessandro Cappuccio. Cappuccio. One and away from being a delicious coffee drink. Yeah, and the art looks amazing. It's like super. <laughs> okay, now here's the thing. I'm going to say David Finch's name, but I'm saying it in the best David Finchiest way you can say You're it. not talking about the cover, are you? No. Okay. But, but I do like the cover a lot. The cover is by Steve McNiven. Yeah, the cover is amazing. Uh, but no, but Cap Capuccio has a fantastic style and he, looks like, and he looks like he's going to be great. And the setup for the book is awesome. The setup is so cool. And unfortunately the only way we're going to get a book like this to sell is the fact that it's on TV, but here's what they, here's how they're selling this one. Now they are also saying that that shit that happened in Avengers when Moon Knight tried to take over the whole world, that counts. Yeah. This, this happens after that. And well, yeah, it spins directly out of the, the, Moon Knight thing. The Kanchu War or whatever it was, which was great. I really liked it. The mysterious Mr. Knight has opened his midnight mission, his place for people petitioning for protection blah, 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 from the weird and horrible. That protection is offered by Moon Knight, who stalks the rooftops and alleys, marked with his crescent moon tag, bringing violence to anyone who would harm his people. Ooh, love it. Yeah, fun. I love it. <laughs> great. Uh, the so the the cover to number one or or the promo art that they shared I suppose I guess it's probably it doesn't have to be the cover to number one, um, is by Steve McNiven and I refer to it as the Stephen Plattiest thing oh, yeah. to happen since the last time Stephen Platt Stephen Platt it doesn't bother me because when Stephen's Platt plats i plat too like it just, I just yeah oh. everybody just totally, totally i love Stephen platt i love his hyper like crazy line his complete like just overdrawing everything i love it and i would take it any day of the week it's and it's a, perfect it's for a book lot, like moon sure. knight i love it 
It's a lot for sure. Um, DC is in the middle of a round robin kind of March Madness style uh, voting bracket uh, for a bunch of potential new titles. I'm saying, well, I guess, ultimately one new title. When some it's all of these over. books were absolutely fake, right? And they knew. Um, I don't know if they were fake or if they just like definitely knew that they were going to lose when they when they seeded the bracket. Oh, like, like they Etta put Green Candy. Lantern. Etta Candy Holiday Hero Incorporated. Who the hell is Etta Candy? Phil Hester was the only person on the internet who knew who that was, by the way. Etta Candy is Wonder Woman's best friend. (laughs) Oh my God. Everybody everybody knows it. And then we Uh, had Justice League Queer? Like, yeah, doesn't I mean, it's 2021. Seem, I get look, it. I'm not saying like we can't have more queer representation in comic books, but calling it Justice League queer. Doesn't that seem a little exploitative? Maybe I'm wrong. But when I, I mean, read that, they were I was calling like, it JLQ. But yeah, that's tasteless. You. you know, like Justice League gay. <laughs> like, come on, guys. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not I'm not queer. I can't really speak to whether or not that's offensive. Um. So, uh, uh, yeah, there was a bunch of titles. You can go online and find them. I'm not going to bother reading them all. But the, the, the Elite Eight or whatever they call it yeah, the uh, right now is Green, Green Lantern. Green Lantern's Underworld on Fire. That's got an S. Yes, Green Zatanna Lantern's Underworld on Fire. the King of Nightmares. Lobo slash Animal Man, Scorched Earth, which, what? Robins. Jesse Quick, Control. Blue Beetle, Graduation Day, Suicide Squad 7, Superman and Lois, Ignition. Now, of these, the only one that I find interesting, that's not true. There's two that I find interesting, Zatanna and Jesse Quick, because neither are represented very well anywhere else in the DC universe right now. The rest of this is like, there's already a Suicide Squad book. There's 10 Superman books. Do we really need another We Are Robin title? That didn't work the first time. Green Lantern is doing fine. You know, like all the rest of the stuff is just more of the same. Blue Beetle, I guess. And it's a- Lobo Animal Man. I mean- Well, I don't, look, I like Animal Man. I'm fine with Lobo. You know what I don't need? Lobo to team up with Animal Man. Like, why? What, <laughs> what the hell? Uh, so, well, I mean, it doesn't matter in a way because I think Robbins is taking, uh, uh, is really trouncing the Lobo book. Oh, I'm sure. Um, and Jesse Quick is is ahead. The Suicide Squad book is ahead. Um, so, yeah, like Phil Hester, Phil Hester was uh, tweeting about how he was involved in one of these. And it was not uh, at a candy. <laughs> it was not at a candy. That was my I was like, it's at a candy. I knew it. And he's like, no, um, I mean, it, it, there was a Swamp Thing one in the, in the bracket. It, it obviously was the Swamp Thing book. But um, yeah, uh, so, uh, yeah, it's weird because DC was like, here you go. 16 random titles, no creative teams attached. Like they didn't say any of the creative teams. No, just, just a title. And, and only now, only now there were descriptions, I suppose, but, but only now that it's gotten down to like the nitty gritty, are they allowing creators to be like, it's me. I'm on this book. Cause like I saw the person, uh, talking about, um, the Jesse Quick book. It's going to be David LaFuente on art, and awesome. I forget who the writer was, awesome. but I saw it on Twitter. Yeah, let them let them get out there and be like, "Hey, vote for it! Come on, guys! You know, get out there yeah, and just get out on the on the you know political trail and get on the bus, the Jesse Quick bus, and drive from city to city, and you know, yeah, rile up go, go, go stump for your rile up the electorate. Let's do this! Come on! <laughs> but yeah, like it's but like you said, like what the hell were they expecting? Releasing all these yeah. random titles without any cr- Night Runner? Who the fuck is Night Runner? <laughs> I, oh, I had to look it up. Night Runner was one of the Batman and international bat people, I think. Oh, 
International the Bat, Bat People. The Batman of Paris. Was International Bat People one of the titles too? <laughs> it was no, it was Night Runner, Love in Paris. No, I just wish that International Bat People. <laughs> yeah, International Bat People. All right, let's just do the um, let's just do the hits on the on the rest of these so we can get these all guys right. in here. John Romita Jr. is returning to Marvel. Um, there's going to be a follow-up to King and Black called Extreme Carnage that's going to be all about the uh, different offspring of Venom. Um, like, you know, all the ones that nobody cares about. Scream. Like the, but everybody, like scream everybody cares about Scream. And Come on. I, the, the yellow one. I and, dare you to not care about Toxin. <laughs> uh, there was a second. Actually, there were two trailers uh, released for the Suicide Squad. James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, the uh, Red Band trailer, which was great. And then the theatrical trailer, which, while not as explicit, I think was a better trailer. Yeah, like it was. It was way yeah. more entertaining. Amazon Prime's Invincible series kicked off in the time we were away. There are five episodes out now. It is amazing. Falcon and Winter Soldier, of course. Get ready for spoilers, <laughs> especially after last Man. night's episode. <laughs> that, I like and if you still want to whine at us uh, about the Snyder Cut, I guess we'll we'll allow it. Nah, I'm tired of talking about it. Let's get uh, uh set them up with the question of the week. I almost yeah, I yeah. do that every time. Uh, we've been so holding on this one for three friggin' weeks. So we've yeah. been, you guys better have some good answers, okay? Uh, this week's question was inspired by the launch of Marvel's new alien title. Uh, we want to know what is your favorite fictional alien race uh, from any media, books, movies, comics, Vid- video games, uh, video, whatever. video games, TV shows. Yeah. Viewmasters, yeah. whatever you're into, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Viewmasters. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Let's get into it with our first guest, Mr. Brian Domingos. He's the first one to step in. Brian, how are you, Dick, sir? F- I got to find this Vidya. Hey, now, guys. What's going on? Oh, hey, Brian. Saturday morning. We're kicking it. Talking about favorite comic book alien races. You know, stuff like that. What are you doing? Hmm. Um thinking about alien races that i care about i don't know um you're into the horse races from power pack right the cute little horses with the, um, the chimillions no. the chimillions well, is, thank you is are they different than beta ray bill or is he a different kind of horse okay alien? so beta ray bill is not a horse alien beta ray bill is a humanoid looking dude and he turns into a horse face thing oh that's like yeah, his I, alter ego so i i have well it's one of those things where like i have <laughs> i have no experience with him and i read that that daniel warren johnson book and i thought it was good like oh, he, he does really good explosions and, and stuff you know little things smashing with big things and all that fun stuff but there's also like but the I emotional like, side of it where like he's trapped in the horse body and he's like thor you took that from me when you broke my hammer i am stuck in horse face oh, mode yeah, i right, can't so I, turn back it, into normal was, corbinite and by the way lady sif my main squeeze she was into corbinite me not horse face me like ugh. Ugh. Yeah, that that he was like, "You ready?" Well, like this is kind of what I am, and she was like, "Oh, yeah, Ugh. okay." It's and like, then like oh, he looks I, at Thor in the end of book, to. and he's like, "I'm leaving," and he's like, "Where are you going?" And he's like, "I'm gonna go find a way to be beautiful again." I got misty. It's just like, oh it my was, god! <laughs> it, it's sad for this guy that I only know is the horse Thor. So oh. it's it's weird that he's not actually a horse. I don't, you know, I, I guess it's kind of weird. Corbinite, um, and they're but, just sort of like sure. orange noseless people. <laughs> and they gave him a snout. Yeah. Um, a Thor snout because they um, didn't okay. have noses with a nose envy thing. I think I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's very odd. He has the um, biggest nose. <laughs> the real quick on that the DC round robin kind of thing. Um, I I think they just launched it as is to get people talking about all the different options. Of course, because you know, yeah, it is yeah, you yeah. know and and uh, 
when I, once I saw the creative teams, like there were somewhere I was like, all right, that sounds good. And others, I was regretful that I voted for them. So, um, you know, I, I think the, I love anything with Kyle Rayner, but that creative team is not a, a team that I care about. Uh, Who was the C- creative team? It's Cena Grace and that Ken, what, I forget what his name is. Ken V Ken Marion, who is like the poor man's Brett Booth. Yeah. And it is just not yeah. me. His stuff does not do it for me at all. And he loves drawing Wildstorm stuff. And I just wish he would not. Yeah. Um, but Hey, how much I am you not want, a fan of how much you want to bet when this all shakes out, they, and we have a winner, the second, third, fourth, and fifth place books all get titles too. <laughs> I'll bet you yeah, anything. I, there was, there was, I don't know if it was on Reddit or something, but there was some sort of like, you know, ask me anything where they took questions, the editors took questions and talked about them. It was on bleeding cool this week. And they, it sounds like they're, they, like they all want their books to come out. Right. So we might see that. And I don't think that's a bad way of doing it. You know, like. No, it's surprise. It, it was all six. And they're six yeah, and they're, prob- and they're probably all going to be digital, yeah. digital only or digital first. I'm sure. I'm sure. It's, I can't. It's, I can't wait for pause off the Justice League. <laughs> yeah, that, that for Jimmy Olsen it, and the no, super. Yeah. So yeah, Jimmy Olsen mm, and the super um, pets got shot down. I'm afraid, Joe. Sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of weird things. Yeah one one thing. Um, I heard that uh, you did that review of the aliens. I think it was Aliens Predator. Uh, Witchblade and the darkness oh, yeah yes. overkill um, yes yes i believe that the uh paul jenkins eisner is a fluke i think, I think he, <laughs> yeah 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 because yeah. only based on the last 20 years of paul jenkins comics of like maybe it was jay lee maybe we just like knew jay lee you know? sure like, yeah because he drew both of those projects yeah there's a conversation to have there and like this week on the show we had a conversation <laughs> about steve niles and and like I'm, i don't mean to like come at these guys because Obviously, they have more talent than we do, and they're working in the comics industry, and some of them have won major awards. But there does come a time where you have to say, like, is this creator good? Like, let's have that discussion. (laughs) Let's just, like, look at, you know, like, Paul Jenkins from birth to now. Like, is he good? (laughs) I don't know. I I really got to think about it. Yeah, like, if you look at the balance sheet. Right, um, you know? Yeah. I think that you could probably look at a list of past Eisner writers and artists and pick out a bunch. Sure. That you're like, they won an Eisner? What? Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. It, it was a moment in but time. But Paul Jenkins was like a heavyweight right right for time. a while there. And Marvel, like, you put Paul Jenkins' name on a book and people were like, oh, shit, Paul Jenkins is writing this. I got to check it out. And then we went, that wasn't very good. Yeah, he, <laughs> like, he did you know? those, like, you know, those... uh like man on the street comics during civil war and you know, all those, and they were awful. And they, and there were some like, Oh yeah. Vaguely offensive things of like, what is he doing? And like, it was like, humans don't talk like this. Like there there was a lot of these weird. I love when people say things like like, humans don't talk like that. (laughs) They don't. You want humans that don't talk like that. Pick up a darkness comic. Right. Totally. I, (laughs) I grabbed the, the darkness um, like what compendium off a of hoopla. Thank God I didn't pay a penny for it. It was the first like 18 issues and it was Garth Ennis writing it. And it is incomprehensible. Yeah. Like <laughs> it, it is like the most nonsense, nonsense. And every, like the lettering is be- like from top to bottom, it is a horrible comic. And I remember reading some of them and thinking they were, you know, all right. And I didn't remember a thing. Like I, I could not tell you one thing that I learned from the darkness other than he has, 
those little goblin things and yeah. he has shiny yeah, sword things. There's nothing there. And, and I honestly think those guys, when they got roped into doing it, there was probably a good paycheck and they were like, fine, whatever. Okay. I'll write some flowery, gothy bullshit for this character that's not going to be around in five years and nobody cares about. Sure. Thanks. You know, <laughs> it, it was not even that. Like, I wish that it was flowery, gothy. It wasn't even like bad Neil Gaiman. It was just like, <laughs> like, it, it's like, and this was writing by the the letter. Like, all right, I'm going to do this. Bang, 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 bang it out. He Because he was right in the moment of like, it was like when Preacher was coming out. Yeah. Which yeah. is so crazy. Like, yeah. let's get this huge guy to write this they awesome wrote a, comic. They wrote and, him a check. That's all it comes down to. Uh, they wrote him a yeah, check was, and he was it like, was a paycheck. bring it in. Brian, always good to talk well, to you, yeah. buddy. Yeah, later, guys. Bye, Brian. Uh, like, you look back at those days especially early image. And it was like, yes, Alan Moore is writing two issues of spawn. Alan Moore Neil wrote Gaiman is writing for a while spawn. too. And it was Alan Moore had a run, run on wild. And it was amazing. God, it was amazing. But like, it's like, how, what did you, how, how, how they had how? money. They had money. And, and they also probably came to Alan Moore and went, Hey man, whatever you want. Do whatever you want. <laughs> like, like, Steve I, Niles wrote Spawn. Yeah, Steve Niles did write yeah, Spawn there for you a go. while. Speaking Spawn of Dark Ages. JD got a catch actually, here. He crawled in through the dog door. <laughs> That's why we didn't see him. <laughs> actually, I wanted to talk about Steve Niles. Let's uh, talk about Steve Niles. I heard you on the on the on the the regular show and yeah, uh, I don't know I, if Steve Niles is good. I just don't you know, know. Steve Niles write, wrote one of my favorite miniseries, and it was also my introduction to Fiona Staples, which was Mystery Society. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mystery society is fun. I did and like I was, that. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of great. I also, he, he also did the, the criminal macabre, the Cal McDonald stories of dark horse that went on forever. I mean, I'm surprised he's not better known for that than three. I think that there are novels of that even. Yeah. He did, he, he's done prose for Cal McDonald as well. I think it's criminal uh, macabre. I think you guys are saying it. Right. Yeah. Macabre. Yeah. Crim yeah. Criminal macabre. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Criminal macrame. There we criminal go. Mac criminal macrame. That's it. Nailed it. That was All a, right. That was a totally All different. All right, comic. everybody. Thank you for watching THN cover to cover. It's not going to get any better than that. We are done for the week. Be sure to tip your waitress. Yeah. Uh, the thing with Steve Niles, though, I think the thing about him is uh, he's kind of a one-trick pony. Oh, the other thing that Steve Niles did: uh, October Faction. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. October Faction started mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. started very good. I was like, this has a lot of promise. This is creepy. This is weird. I'm now into I'm this. And then October faction sort of wandered into like, I don't really care about this at all. Like three right. issues in. And, and, and the Netflix show, I mean, was canceled after one season. And it wasn't um, good. I, I gave it a try. Yeah. I was like, all right. It was boring. Let's see what yeah. we got here. It was boring. How you make like a paranormal group of weirdos investigating the paranormal boring like you it have to derivative go, you gotta go that out of your problem. way to do that yeah know? i mean there was like well and also there was a there was a handful of that the show didn't feel like it knew what it wanted to be it felt like it was trying to do like a cw thing with the kids yeah and then do like a supernatural thing with the parents and yeah it was just like you, pick a lane guys pick a lane but i think that's one of the good things about steve niles though is that he has firmly picked his lane fair and enough he yeah. And he is just going to do that. And, you know, because if you look, I mean, a lot of his ideas are recycled. I mean, he, he, you know, he did Criminal Macabre or Macrame. He's got Doc Macabre. Yeah. You know, uh, Winnebago Graveyard. He's a horror uh, guy. That's his whole thing. Yeah, he's a horror guy. Cthulhu Tales. I mean, and then, of course, there's Simon Dark. <laughs> yeah. DC. Do you yeah. think 
that there is a discussion to be had that a creator should be judged by the full breadth of their work before we decide they are good. Or should we just say, no way, he wrote that good thing and I liked it. He's good. You know, you know what I mean? I, I, I think I tend toward the latter because if a creator writes something good that you enjoy, then they're a good creator. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, now, now you can, I think now that's you true. Can, now there's a discussion to be had about that creator's consistency. Cause like, what do you think about like sports? Like but my wife, my wife hates Tony Romo. Can't stand Tony Romo for whatever reason. And says he's a terrible quarterback. The dude was an amazing quarterback. Never won the Super Bowl. But like, as far as winning games, throwing touchdowns and stuff, killed it. But there's a lot of people who are like, he's overrated. Lots nope. of people haven't won the Super Bowl. Yeah, and that's just it. Like, okay, Steve Niles has probably never won an Eisner. That doesn't mean he didn't have some hits and he isn't a good right. creator. Maybe I was just being a jerk to Steve. But I remember <laughs> more misses than hits. Somebody, uh, Tphoto10 on Twitter, at Tphoto10, um, tweeted at us. Uh, his best, His favorite Niles story was Breath of Bones. Which know. was a three-issue miniseries um, about a young man uh, and a golem. Uh, it was drawn by Dave Wachter. Is that how we're uh, saying that now? Golem? And it's beautiful. <laughs> Shit, I, I, that's not even on his bibliography on Wikipedia. Um, yeah, it was a three-issue mini collected into an oversized hardcover. Uh, their publisher's name is not on the front, but it, it definitely looks like a dark horse book, but let me, I'm I'll, finding, I'll, I'll I'm finding this Wikipedia list to be very unreliable too. Cause October faction isn't even on here. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> can't trust the damn Wikipedia. It's, Wiki, it's Wikipedia. Yeah. Anybody can get on the Wikipedia. We got a friend. Uh, yeah, Breath, of, Breath of Bones was a dark horse book. Okay. Um, Tale of the Golem. Yeah. And then, yeah, I remember, I remember when that came out and it is beautiful. Yeah. Dave, Dave Wachter, Wachter, Wachter. Yeah, but Steve Wachter. didn't write that by himself. He, he, he co-wrote it with Matt Santoro. Matt Santoro. I know him on Twitter. Yeah. I don't know, know Matt weirdo. Santoro. Oh, this <laughs> is, uh, I don't really know him. <laughs> Steve Niles, a uh, little known fact was also in a punk rock band on discord records called gray matter. That's pretty cool. There you go. I, I could definitely see him as a punk as a yeah. as a punk guy. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I just I don't know. I feel like I got over his sort of one note, tongue in cheek horror, where like it's creepy and it's gross, but it's kind of funny too. Yeah, you know, okay, whatever. I'm yeah, just over. It. I mean, I, I I definitely go back to that, and I think um, I think I think part of what you're coming up with is, and I think Joe made this point on the on the show when you were talking about him is, I think he's also been very very attached to Ben Templesmith. Yeah. Yes. Like when you think of Steve Niles, like I had the hardest time telling him apart for the longest time. I could remember is Steve Niles, the, the cool artist guy, or is that Templesmith, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I think it was Niles that kind of made Ben Templesmith with 30 days a night, really. Yeah. Cause Niles was around already doing stuff. Right. And I think and that was Tem- probably Ben Templesmith was around too, but he wasn't, he hadn't done really internationally like, yeah, famous artist Ben Templesmith yet. And right. It, and it was really 30 days a night that kicked him into that, you know, that kicked him into high power where yeah. people went, okay, I do want to look at that. You want to talk about, you want to talk about one note though, as much as, as much as his art is awesome. I mean, he's never going to draw champions. No, no, no. I mean, Temple yeah, Smith- ben, Tem- <laughs> ben Templesmith is good at one thing, one thing exactly. Yeah. And that's drawing scary things. And he's, yes, and he's exactly. great. At it. He's exceptional at it. And there's something to be said right. for that. Then you have guys like Bill Sienkiewicz who are like, mm-hmm. 
similar in style where it's really weird and kind of strange art. But if Bill Sienkiewicz drew the champions, he'd be like, oh, cool. Bill Sienkiewicz is drawing the champions. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's weird. Ooh. I don't know it's why Avengers it works, but it does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. This will not be a, 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 a statement any of us will be able to uh, dispute, except for Matt, who already disagrees. But Jim Heavey in the chat says that Tony Romo was not an amazing quarterback. He was an average quarterback playing on America's team. That's ridiculous. Look at his numbers. Uh, when Michael Severe comes on, we will fact check this statement. Feel free. <laughs> we'll bring him on next. Michael Severe will agree. You'll see. Because Michael Severe understands football. Jim Heavey just being a jerk. JD, did you have anything else I don't understand anything us? that Jim Heavey said. I just, I just wanted to put it out there. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I had to think, I had to think real hard for a second who the hell Tony Romo was. Oh so my God, I apologize. Guys. Jesus. JD, we got uh, he's got he's got like a fabulous chain of barbecue restaurants, isn't that Tony Romo? No, nope, or that's, that's Tony Roma's. Yeah, that's somebody <laughs> else, and they're not fabulous. JD, we got some other people waiting here. We're gonna bring in, but uh, it's always good to talk to you, brother. It's good to have you guys back. Talk yeah. to you later. Missed Thanks, you. bud. Bye. Michael Zavier, get in here. Back me up. Tony Romo. He was not just an average quarterback. Didn't win the Super Bowl, but he was not an average quarterback. I don't. I mean. He didn't win a playoff game either, Matt. I mean, he won he, one. He, he won one playoff he game. <laughs> he was good. He yeah. was a good quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say very good quarterback. He was a good quarterback. He came along at a fun time. Yeah. Um, he's a great story. He's a great he came, story because he came from undrafted free agent who became a, uh, you know, became a starter. He's a great story. Broke but up with Jessica Simpson. That was awesome. <laughs> I can feel our listeners uh, <laughs> abandoning the show by the dozens. Joe, back off your mic I just apologize. a little bit. I think you turned your volume way sports. up, Joe. I don't want to talk sports. Joe, roll your volume back just a little bit. You're like all blown out suddenly. I don't have it. Michael, talk to me. We So right. not many, behind the scenes here, I went to the dog park a couple weeks ago when the plumbers were working on my house. It was super loud and we were canceled. And Michael was there. And, he, and we started screaming at each other from across the street because he was coming and I was going. <laughs> and we both like had this theory about Falcon Winter Soldier. And last night it totally came true. <laughs> Yeah, it was awesome. And I like I hope everybody's watched it. If anybody listened to this, I'm sure they watched it. But I, I knew I figured Battlestar's gotta die yeah. ultimately for John Walker to be as bad as he needs to be. Yeah. I thought it would cause him to take the serum, but it, it was a black woman kicking his ass that caused him to take the serum. That was different than I thought it would be. Yeah. I thought it would be the death of Battlestar. But I I, I think season I thought episode four, I thought episode three was um for me, the most intense, but I thought four was the best episode they've had so far. Totally agree. And, and I guess this next episode, that's when they're going to get the shield back and we're going to see Bucky and Falcon with the shield. So I, I, I'm so excited about these last two episodes, man. Yeah, it's, it's, I am too. Awesome. And I almost feel like, like when I heard it was like, it's only six episodes. I was a little upset. Like, well, wait a minute, you know, like there's gotta be a longer story to tell there, but if you can do six tight episodes of this and it yeah. sets something huge up, which it looks like it's going to. And by the way, uh, Wyatt Russell, God damn, that dude is fantastic. He's really good. So good. And like yeah. just making this pretty much shithead character in Marvel comics, a, a somewhat sympathetic character that you can see him changing, like just trying so hard to be cap and willing to do whatever it takes so much so that he made a horrible decision last night, you know, and it's just too much for him. He's not a bad guy. It's just too much for him. How good, and, oh. how good is that last scene oh. where you see 
the shield with the blood. I mean, th- a, a quarter of the shield is yeah. covered in blood. Yeah. And I remember thinking to myself, that's about, that's one of the most powerful shots Oh yeah, that we've seen like in the movies or anything, because that's the ultimate definition of America. And to have the blood on it and those people staring at him, even one of my kids yelled, and now he's evil. Yeah, and And exactly. (laughs) All the people with their cell phones standing there, like their mouths wide open, just like, oh shit. And and they earlier in the show they made the statement where Zemo was talking about how like she's she's going to become a supremacist. Just like mm-hmm. anyone else, she's going to get tempted by yeah. the power and she's going to become a supremacist. He's like, it happens to anybody in this position. He's like, it didn't happen to Steve. And Zemo looks at him and goes, you're right. Can you name anyone else? Is there anyone <laughs> else that it didn't happen to? And he's like, all right, that's fair. You know, there was only one Steve. And now we are learning why there's only one Steve. And we're seeing it through like the ballad of John Walker, basically, which is, oh man, it was so good. So good. It was. <laughs> A couple other things. So obviously the Loki trailer, the latest one is incredible. Yeah. It, you know, it, they they give you all this more information and they even drop the little part where you see Lady Loki sitting there yeah. with, I mean, there's so much in it. It looks incredible. Yeah. But I think we've gotten so good with trailers now. And I say we, I mean, the people that produce these things, whether it be Suicide Squad or it be the updated version of um, Scarlet Witch. I mean, I'm not Scarlet Witch. Um, what's her face? Scarlett Johansson's character. Oh, the Black uh, Widow. Black Widow. The Black Widow. All of those are just so good that how do you not watch them? Yeah. The trailers are so good. Right? Yeah. They just keep getting better and better. And I think, hell, I think the thing that got more people to watch the new version of Justice League was the trailer. Definitely. Because the trailer was so much better than the first movie. Definitely. So I think they, they, they're they they're killing it with the trailers. And the Lo- we can't wait to start watching the Loki one. I do think, I think Loki, that might be the best. I think Loki looks like the breath of fresh air we're going to need after the end of WandaVision and after the end of this Falcon and Winter Soldier story, because we just had two heavy, heavy stories. Now we can have some fun with Loki jumping through time in the Marvel universe being Loki. And like, we're going to need it. (laughs) Here's here's something else I think we need to, to learn. It's stop looking for like this ultimate twist. They're going to give you, Right. I think it seems like each one of these, we knew what was going to happen in, in WandaVision. Right. We, we knew who was the witch we knew, but like everybody's trying to find everything else. And it turned out to be just what we thought it would be. Yeah. We, we figured that John Walker would turn bad and he this, and we started trying to find all these other things. It, that's all that happened. I think we just got to start realizing that Marvel just giving it to us straightforward. Well, and there's nothing wrong with that searching for stuff because it's a great story. The story of John Walker is a fantastic story. The death of Battlestar. It's like it is this example of why Captain America is as great as he is. And the best way to show us that is show us somebody else who is a solid, real good guy trying as hard as he can failing, just utterly failing. And you could see just like when that first part where he comes out and he's fighting the flag smasher guy and he like bends the bar around his arm and you see Sam look at him and go, what did you do? Yeah. Like, what did you do? (laughs) And just like, Oh shit. (laughs) So that is so incredible. I, I, I love, I love that you, like you mentioned, Steve kept Falcon alive for all of the, in all these different battles they were in, all these fights they were in. Yeah. And how long did it take for Battlestar to die under the protection of Captain America? Right. Two missions. Like, you know, <laughs> like, a month like, or whatever it yeah, was. Two and a half it's, missions, it's maybe, and Battlestar yeah. gets killed. But, I mean, it's that's the other example. side of it. Like, there's a whole argument there. You're in a world of super soldiers. And, like, or the Dora Milaje show up. Dora Milaje, yeah, how you right. want to say it? And they just 
kicked their asses, which was yeah. awesome. And they should, because those characters are that badass. And to see that moment in Wyatt Russell's face when he's like, she wasn't even a super soldier. It's like she was just yeah. a, she was just a woman with a spear, you know, and like, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough to do my job. And I have to I have to make this decision. Like, I totally bought it. Totally bought it. I loved it. My only complaint is I have a feeling you're going to kill Wyatt Russell. And I love that actor. And I would love to see him have a larger part in the end. See, that's not what they do. They put these people on ice. Yeah. Right. Look at it. Look at the amount of people like Zemo going to jail and then you bring him back. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the witch from WandaVision. She's now on ice. She's someplace and she'll be brought back eventually. Yeah, no, that's true. I think that's what they'll do. That's true. They'll put him in jail. They'll put him in jail or somewhere else. And then coming down the road in a movie, he'll show up and he'll be this, oh, that guy's back again. And maybe he'll be good by that. Maybe he'll be... Who knows? Completely yeah. redeemed himself. You never know. Yeah, well, now, to be fair, that character has redeemed himself like four or five right. times in the comics and turned into an exactly. asshole again. So we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Michael, good to talk to you, man. Always. All right. No Tony Romo jokes. All right. Deal. Bye, Michael. I'm one. back just in time to say goodbye. I love you. Oh, sorry. I accidentally. <laughs> I love you too, buddy. I won't share your love with Joe. Sorry. I'm a jealous. I'm a jealous bitch. I can't help it. David Robbins. Talk to us. How are you, sir? Yeah, you, you, a, yeah, you doing a, all right, gentlemen. How are you guys doing this morning? We're doing good. You a bitch. We're doing real good. Let's wrap. You, Joe just called you a bitch. I apologize, man. No, I'm t- I was talking to you. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. <laughs> Give me like 30 seconds to talk about like adulting in real life stuff. Sure. Advice and everybody. Sure. Uh, I move in two weeks. Um, please, for the love of God, talk to your parents about paperwork and talk to them about any back bank statements or anything that they may have squirreled away. It took me weeks to go through all of the bills that my mother just filed in a box. And stuff. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I found bank statements and castle checks from 2003. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. So like nerds are into organization. Please right. talk to your parents about keeping important documents in one place and getting rid of old stuff that you no longer need or can get access to digitally. <laughs> Fair enough. Please. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So that that's enough of real life stuff, but for advice from, from me to you guys. Um, okay. Uh, bullet points. Um, question of the week. Let me answer that um, for us first. Um, I'm going to go with the Gallifreyans slash the Time Lords slash whatever the Doctor's race actually turns out to be based on this most recent season. Um, Because of the spoilers for something that happened a year and a half ago, um, the Timeless Child, the first Time Lord, is the Doctor whose genetics gave the Gallifreyans the ability to become Time Lords. So the doctor's not actually a Gallifreyan. Did that what? Piss, does that piss you off? Because a lot of nerds got sick. Now, to be fair, I think a lot of nerds got pissed about this. They're still just like, yeah, it's still a lady. And now we're even more mad for other right. reasons. But like, did, did that piss you off at all? It doesn't bother me. I don't it care. It doesn't bother me at all because I like, I'm not a purist based on like the original series. I started with Eccleston. I didn't, I yeah, wasn't a, same here. you know, Tom Baker, Colin Baker. I, I, I wasn't a, a previous continuity, a previous knowledge person. I've picked that up along the and, years. And personally, so I don't want to talk to that guy. <laughs> I don't even like well, that guy. <laughs> I mean, the, the show constantly evolves through necessity and that's based that that's where the whole idea of regeneration came from in the first place right 
So I, I don't really have a problem with that. And I like Jodie Whittaker's characterization of the doctor. I do too. I don't think the scripts she's been given the last couple of years have necessarily been the strongest, but I, I like her characterization as the doctor. Yeah, I do too. And I agree. The first season and a half was just kind of like, we're having fun. It's squirrely. It's whatever, you know? And, yeah. and I kept waiting for it to like, all right, let's it get rolling into like the doctor stuff, the real doctor stuff. Let's start digging into it. It's like, they were almost afraid to, and they really wanted to make you like her first. And well, I think, look, I liked I her from the first episode. I was like, I'm in love. Yeah. She's great. You know, let's, I, let's I go. think they did so much of that with Capaldi yeah. towards the end of his run that, that Chibnall was trying to maybe, go back to a little bit of let's do a little bit more of the episodic yeah, definitely. Uh, anthology kind of thing of little by little without going through the overarching story for a while. And then we just kind of got hammered with it. Yeah. And, the same nerds you know, were bitching about the end of the Capaldi like seasons because yeah. they were just like, uh, it's just dragging and, uh, you know, like, okay. So then we go back to episodic stuff and now you're mad because it's a lady. So fuck off you guys. I mean, just Ner- nerds going to nerds going to mad. Yeah. You know, what do you, what um, do you do? I haven't watched the second Suicide tra- Suicide Squad trailer yet, um, but the first one, the Red Band, did look fun as hell. Yeah, yeah. Um, cautiously really optimistic is. and as good as I think it's as funny as it's going to be with Stallone as King Shark. Ron Funches as King Shark. Yeah, that, that's my new definition of King Shark is Ron Funches. Yeah, yeah it's true. I, I like a King Shark. I get it. You know, I, I, the idea that it, like he's this child and he's like, Hey, and, you know, like a Hulk smash kind of yeah. monosyllabic kind of, but I also love like the very verbose <laughs> King shark yeah. from the Harley Quinn show and Ron Funch. Like it would have been great for Ron Funches to be King shark, but absolutely. It, does it feel like they're going for another Groot thing? Like a violent Groot almost. You got a famous dude to do a voice, say very little. Except for the fact big monster. that Groot is sweet and yeah. you can see that he means well behind everything that he does. King Shark is just a cold-blooded shark that happens to be anthropomorphized. Yeah. You know, I think it's a different characterization. Maybe they're trying to go with the same methodology for it but i don't think it's going to work as well because it's a it's a, a tree is gentle and kind and yeah. a shark is not right right you know so so maybe yeah that. i mean and also like there is a there is precedent for king shark being this way in yeah. the comics yeah absolutely there so the- and, which predate the which predate the the movie right so. and on the flash and on the flash, right? On the yeah. flat on the flash, I don't even think he talked at all. But he, at all. he wasn't like the nom 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 king shark no. that was running around for a while there. No, right? no, no, uh, <laughs> no vocalizations, just like yeah. growls or whatever. He's yeah, just right. a monster. But yeah, but I mean, like uh, you're talking about the Gail Simone, yeah, uh, Secret Six, yeah, uh, King Shark, and uh, like that King Shark talked. Like he did do the nom 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 thing, but he'd run around going, "I'm a shark, I'm a shark." Right. He was and an then, idiot. Like eat people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but like he actually, you know, spoke in words. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, I don't know. Like I, I think it would have been. It really, I would have gotten a kick out of it had it been Ron Funches or somebody like Ron Funches. Um, like I thought it was going to be Steve Agee because Steve Agee did all the motion capture, which yeah. is weird. Yeah. It's like, it's like, okay. Steve Agee plays another character in the movie. That's fine. I get it. But when you also have him dressing up in the King shark mocap foam, whatever for filming, 
it makes me just think that James Gunn was like, oh, hey, uh, hey, Steve, uh, you're just hanging out. Um, we didn't, we forgot to hire a guy. Would you mind? <laughs> I don't think it was that at all. I think Steve Agee probably said, let me do it. And like walked around really funny. Yeah, and, maybe. And maybe, James Gunn yeah. laughed and was like, rather than getting like an Oscar award, you know, actor that does this, let's just put fucking Steve Agee in the, in the well, suit and let him stumble you guys, around. <laughs> you guys are forgetting the fact that, that, uh, Sean Gunn is Craig and the motion uh, capture oh yeah, for, Craglin, for yeah. Rocket. Yeah, mm-hmm. in Guardians, so it's the same procedure in this with Ag being another character and yeah. motion capture for King Shark. And I think he just thinks that's funny rather than getting you know like uh, uh, can I say his name who did Gollum? You know the the guy's Circus Benedict. Cumber- yeah. Oh, uh, Andy Circus, who is a master at this type of stuff. Just like yeah, let's just throw a slightly overweight comedian in the suit and let them stumble around, and then we'll draw King <laughs> King Shark over it, and it looks. Hilarious. It looks really funny. Like King Shark is waddling around <laughs> and eating people. It looks it's, great. It's, it's like, there, there's a shot in the trailer where he is reading this like very intellectual book, uh, but he's holding it upside down. That's <laughs> awesome. Uh, it's just like, yeah, King Shark. He's an, he's an idiot. Right. <laughs> David. I, got, I got a couple more things I want to get to here, but I don't want to keep lying because I, I see there's still other people waiting. Um, we were talking about body of work versus the first thing that like you see from somebody, right. how do you judge if they're good? Um, quick example I have with this is Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote a Tony award winning show seven years before Hamilton was even a thing. Fair enough. He won yeah. the Tony award for in the Heights. Right. And the theater community knew him and he was the toast of the town and he was still just kind of a, you know, working actor he wasn't everything then he does another show he does hamilton and it takes the world by storm right Mm -hmm. would you say he was still good after winning his tony award for in the heights before hamilton is even a thing um i would say he ruined all of his goodwill when he did the new mary poppins because his role was terrible in that he was just regardless regardless well he was just acting in that (laughs) it was was so bad (laughs) good performers make bad choices we know that hello mary poppins I mean, his accent isn't, isn't any worse than Dick Van Dyke's. So let's it's true. That and you know, what? yeah, there's Dick totally Van Dyke pre- was America's totally dad and totally sold it. Okay. <laughs> no, no, there, there is absolutely precedent for an American actor to come in and totally butcher. Don't an disagree. Accent Dick Van Dyke sold as a chin, as right. a chimney sweep. Um, no, I mean, yeah, like the difference between uh, a comic writer or a comic artist and a playwright. Yeah. I don't think it, well, no, that's not is true. that it takes years to turn around right. and play. Right. Yeah. So nobody's going to be like, well, what's Lin-Manuel Miranda done lately in the Heights was six years ago. I, I think yeah. you got to like, look yeah. at people like novelists and comic writers and artists with like, that have like a body, a huge body of work. Right. Right. And, yeah. and we can look like, back uh, and say like, were they great? Yeah. I mean, you know, like Stephen King, more hits sure. than misses. He's a pervert and writes some weird shit in his books. We discussed that in a D&D game I was playing earlier this week. But more hits than misses. Yeah, he's great. He's a great author. No question. So so going back to the, the sports analogy of it, though, is do you have to look at their career batting average? Yes. Do you have do you have to see how like and where does that percentage go? If if an author writes three novels and one of them is fantastic and two of them are okay. Right. And then he unfortunately dies. 
is he good? It depends how good that first novel was at that point. Because, like, look, let's just no, let's talk I mean, Hall I, of Fame. I, like, would you put I Steve Niles that, in the comic book Hall of Fame? Is he a first? Well, that's is he that's a first thing, ballot man. Hall it, of Famer? I'm saying no. We're, we're talking about this as though being good is an objective fact, and it's not. It's, it's subjective. Not right. It's subjective. But, but we it's, know it when we see it. You know, like porn. No, <laughs> w- some people know it when they see it. Like it's like it's like what uh, JD right. said. It's There's like a lot if of Snyder Niles, fans out there. If Steve Niles wrote your favorite comic, you're always going to think Steve Niles is good. Sure. Sure. You know, I mean, like I like James Robinson, right? James Robinson wrote my favorite comic book uh, series of all time. Starman. He also wrote the screenplay for the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen movie. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he's also written some very bad comics. Right now. And you can't fault a guy like James Robinson for leave story league of extraordinary gentlemen movie, because I guarantee yes, you can the studio had their hands all over that. And they made Matt, so he wrote many the things. words that came out of their mouth. I'm not don't, saying he didn't. don't tell me that he's you, not partially to blame. You can't tell me that he had enough star power at the time to come in and tell the director and the studio, no way, I want to do it this way. And they went, okay, it's your show. No way. So, no, by that logic, that. though, you're saying that if a writer writes a book and editorial completely changes it, it's still the writer's fault. Yeah, Joe Patrick's saying that. I'm saying no. No, 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 no. No, what I'm arguing is that the studio doesn't take full responsibility for what we saw on the screen. James Robinson wrote that piece of shit. I agree, but I guarantee that was not the movie he wanted to write. I promise you. I, I, he is a smarter I man than that. I don't think I agree with and you. And I guarantee he has the utmost respect for Alan Moore, and he is embarrassed of what happened. Um, I don't know if I don't know that I agree with you. I don't know that I agree that James Robinson did not want to write a movie where uh, they have a Victorian era tank that knocks down bank vaults, and uh, uh, that sounds more. Tom's, like, Tom Sawyer shows up for no sounds reason more whatsoever. Like directorial decisions to me, but Th- anyway. this sounds like nah, it's, nah, 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 nah. this sounds like a much longer discussion that I would like to hear from you two on like a full episode of the podcast of a you know side versus side kind of thing. Um, I like the the Loki trailer. I'm gonna move on. Yeah, the Loki trailer. Great. Wonderful. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm hearing people question why the TVA did not go after the Avengers to stop them in Endgame. Uh, and my simple thing is they saw how it played out and knew that Cap was going to clip the branches. And yeah, they, it, they had to. Uh, he had to. There was no yeah. choice. Yeah. Yeah. So that he knew they knew that that was going to happen so that their only branch that they have to clip is Loki. And that's right. when we and, get the show in the first place. Right. And Owen Wilson says as much in the trailer. He yeah. he says that like you stole the Tesseract and and leapt out of your timeline. Yeah. And now like, things are all jacked up. Yeah. You yeah. screwed everything up. These other guys did the best they could. And yeah. things turned out pretty much okay for the most part. There's probably some little yeah. things, but you, sir, <laughs> like you, you sir. Around. Oh, shame, shame <laughs> on you. Yeah, yeah, you know, except for poor Peggy Carter's. Uh, original husband. Sorry, guy. Yeah. And when Steve tried to make out with uh, Peggy's uh, granddaughter. Yeah, Sharon. Right. His niece or her niece. So now um, (laughs) moving on to the subject of of the like on everybody's minds, uh, I'm going to start it with a comment that we normally make around my group of friends about uh, Rey Mysterio. Hey, did you hear about Captain America? I hear he killed a guy. (laughs) Rey Mysterio did, in fact, kill a man in the ring. Yeah, he did. So, uh, Wow. Holy crap was my only reaction after watching that show last night. Yeah. Um, 
Hey, like let- you saw him t- pick up the vial and I thought it was going to be like episode five, maybe, or maybe the top of the last one where right. he takes it or it gets developed, like it gets synthesized into more. I didn't think it was going to be the same episode. I, I'll, I'll say that what I was expecting, uh, like I knew that he was going to take it. Like yeah. that was never in doubt. Right. Um, but I did not expect him to be like ready for action immediately. You know, yeah, I neither. thought it would be like, oh, he's ex- oh, like he took the serum and now he's like. Maybe it would hurt like, or something, you know. Right, I mean, like he, he he's having these the strange reaction, and he accidentally punches a guy's head off. He like you know, barfs but, up a cocoon, like, and he has to sit in there for a year, and then the cocoon yeah, splits, right. and he comes. <laughs> I think yeah. that's the pacing back and forth that we see when they lock um, Zemo to the the grate, and they they go in, and like I think that's him pacing back. He's a he's an animal in a cage right there. Yeah, so he's having the reaction. Of okay, like I got this. I'm angsty, like, I, like I'm antsy, like I gotta go. Yeah, I, like I, I gotta do something because his personality had changed, had definitely yeah. changed at yeah. that moment. Uh, and, well, I see now, I don't, I'm not sure that it did. Well, I think there was now, something there. Now, if we if we look back in the comics, yeah, uh, if we look back at the comics, uh, John Walker, he had he had superpowers before he became Captain America, right? He, he was he was the super patriot. Uh, he had those sidekicks, left winger and right winger that got murdered. Uh, Everybody and, around him got murdered. <laughs> right. Um, so he had super strength from the power broker. And uh, and his parents were murdered. And that's kind of what pushed him over the edge. Like maybe the serum did something to him, but I think there was always something in him. Well, and they said we saw that in John Walker before he ever took the serum. He also said when he was talking to Battlestar, remember Afghanistan? Remember what happened? Remember what what we went through in Afghanistan? Right. What we did. If we had super, you know, superpowers, we wouldn't have had to have done that. Well, and, and then he's like, remember, all those people. And we're like, ooh, did you murder a bunch of like civilians or something, dude? Like, ugh. well, and as as much as I hate to admit it, what did Zemo say in this? The serum makes somebody more themselves. Yeah. Like That's it right. made Steve Rogers well, more and- Steve Rogers. It made um, um, uh, uh, Schmidt more Schmidt. Yeah. More Red Skull. And, right. Oh, well, and if you look back at Civil War. Uh, where the start of Zemo's whole thing, those other winter soldiers, yeah, they were m- maniacs. They, they were, were homicidal maniacs. and brutes beforehand. Yeah, right. And so, and like, yeah, absolutely. John Walker. John Walker was a guy with a capacity for vicious violence. Right. Yeah. And he took that serum, and now we see what happened. I also thought it was very interesting impulse control issues. that Zemo right? walks into the room when he sees all the serum on the floor and just starts breaking them. Doesn't pick one up. Like I thought he this. was going to pick one up for so sure. Did I. He just starts. Yeah. So did I. I thought that was really because, like, he knows he Zemo's a bad guy, but he knows we can't have well, this shit out in the world. Like Zemo's a bad guy, but he is single vision. Yeah. Right. There should That's be the, no super soldiers. Yeah. That's the thing that I am appreciating about what they're doing with Zemo's character. Yes. It my mic stand's gonna collapse. Good lord. Good the, God almighty. Just hold it, Elvis. Um, <laughs> my um now you look like you're a televangelist. I love it. <laughs> let me, children, children. Uh that's the thing that I really appreciate about the MCU's handling of Zemo is that his motivation has never changed. Yeah. 
Yeah. And like it could have, they could have easily had a moment. They could have easily had a moment where Zemo's tempted by the serum. Right. And he, and he gives into the, but no, uh, like Justin, uh, our pal Justin says in the chat, he picks up a, a vial and looks at it, throws it down. Well, he says, is this, them all. he looks at it and says, is this what I think it is? And then he throws it down and starts stomping on it. And she's like, ah, no, no. And he's like, fuck this this is too dangerous yeah so you know? mike severe just put up in in uh the um zoom chat that zemo's like killmonger that he's a villain with a point yeah like, right that's yeah, the that, best like, part of what they've done in these mcu films is not necessarily give us a sympathetic villain like killmonger but give us a villain where you can see that person working you yeah. can it makes like okay at the end of the day i might not agree with what they're doing but I get why they are doing it as opposed they're to making, Steppenwolf making who's just like, villains. I'm evil and I work for my evil dad and we start fights, you know? <laughs> like, okay. They're, they're making the MCU villains way more like the design of Magneto. Yeah. Right. You understand his point, but you fundamentally disagree with the methodology. Absolutely. And I'm, I, when we do get to a point where the X-Men are introduced as a franchise, I cannot wait to see what they do with the Charles and Magneto relationship. Oh, absolutely. Because it was already, that was already probably the best part of the Sony stuff and could be so much better. Uh, Pardon me, the Fox stuff and could be so much better. So I'm I'm excited. And I love Daniel Bruhl's a fantastic actor. If you haven't watched The Alienist on TNT, it's wonderful. And it's based on a Caleb Carr book series that is also wonderful about a forensic uh, detective in like Victorian England. Excellent stuff. He is just a wonderful actor. Yeah. Um, uh, I will say this, though, about Zemo. Um, I, I love I love the way that they've kind of slowly massaged him a little bit over the course of the last four episodes into more of a comic book version. Yeah. Yeah. Where he's kind of, um, uh, I don't know if flamboyant is exactly the right word, but he's, he's, he's a little, he is a little bit more, you know, that fur collar is pretty flamboyant, dude. Flamboyant. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like he's a little bit more flamboyant. Yeah. Uh, and, Got a um, and Roy kind of vibe going all of a sudden. So. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and they're and, like, they roll up in that, into that garage full of, uh, very expensive cars. And Sam is like, where the hell did you get these cars? And he just says, I'm a Baron. Yeah. Like I'm a super like they just rich like, dude. They were like ca- they casually dropped in this idea. Yeah, he's a baron. His family was royalty, Sokovian royalty. Right. It's not. It's not at all. Um, Germain to his unpre- it, Well, it's not at all unprecedented. Yeah. For a member of a royal family to also have a military service record. Right. And yeah, like it, and so yeah, th- these are things that that absolutely fit with the character as established already. Totally. And now he's more of a comic book version. And I just wish that he had put that mask on for more than two seconds. Put the fucking pink hood on and leave it on. I I, I think we'll see that before the end. I don't think we're done with him. This, this run. No, definitely. Uh, I think we'll see him at the end. If like, I hope they do. um, As you guys were talking, put, Walker on ice, put him in the raft, something like that. Like, se- like sequester him away. But if he dies, it's going to be Zemo doing it. 
Yeah, that's yeah. that's what I'm calling right now. I think it's not going to be Sam doing it because Sam's going to like try and redeem him. It's not going to be Bucky doing it that's because Bucky's going to have like hope for anyone who has the moniker of Captain America, even though he doesn't like him. It's going to be Zemo because Zemo's not going to be able to see anything to be able to be redeemed in him. Yeah, definitely. if they kill yeah. him, I think that's where it's going. Who's going to be the power broker? I, you know, who I want it to be. I want it to be D'Onofrio. Oh man, that would oh be the it. kingpin. God. I want it to be the kingpin. Oh my god, <laughs> would, there's no way. There's no way. Why? But, the, but, why is there no way? Like, like, think as far fetched as it is, logistically, tell me why there's no way. No, never ever listen to Matt Bomb when he says that there's no possibility Look, of something happening I, in the MCU because I, he said the same thing about Sony giving Marvel Spider Man. You know, and Mike Severe and saying that Sharon up. is the king is the uh, power broker. They really want us to think it's Sharon. Yeah, I hope it's not. Sharon. I think that's just red herring bullshit. I I, yeah. I I don't think it's gonna be Sharon. I think it's gonna be a bigger reveal than that, and it's gonna lead to something that probably goes into the armor wars thing. They're gonna do with Don Cheadle. You know, maybe because there's no way this is just gonna be over and done with at the end of this series. There's only six no. episodes. It's gonna end with a kick in the stomach, and that kick in the stomach is gonna be like the fall of you know the new Captain America. And this stuff is out there now. What the hell do we do? You know, it, it, I, it's got to be, be some, it's got to be something so big. I think it would be cool, but it, I think it's going to be something bigger than that. I don't know what though. I, I don't have a call. But me. I mean, I don't know that there's anybody established in the MCU that would have a punch like that, you know? So the power it, broker. So what you're talking though. about is introduce what you're in what you're talking about is introducing a, a, a new Marvel character into the mix. Yeah. I mean, like, okay, the power broker in the comics. Help me out. I literally don't know shit about him. He's literally nobody. He's okay. just some, he's a guy. He's I don't, couldn't dude. even tell you his name. Okay. Lady Hydra, maybe. That could be fun. Uh, and they would show like the Hydra power struggle with Zemo being like, I have an she, idea. I have an idea for Hydra. Lady Hydra is Madam Hydra. Yeah. It's like survived the agents of shield, like Malik, you know, all that kind of crap. Like got away from like that by, calling herself the power broker instead of being Madam Hydra. I don't mm. think it'll have anything to do with mm. agents of shield. I don't think it will either, but you know, it's, it's a t- like, I still, I want it to be D'Onofrio. They've are they're already saying that Charlie Cox is in the non-competes are already expired. Like all that stuff is resolved. This could be just the him in one scene at the very end. You know, uh, yeah, I, maybe I, 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 I yeah. kind of doubt it. I mean, <laughs> I it would be super going cool, to be, but I want it to be. It would be super cool. I wouldn't know? bother. I, me. I would. Yeah, I would. I would love like I. Look, I'm not saying they're going to bring back Luke Cage. I'm not saying they're going to bring back Jessica Jones. All I want them to do is acknowledge them. Yes. Acknowledge that they counted. I want Daredevil yes. back. I full on want. No, Daredevil. Daredevil, back. Daredevil. I think will be back. I want Daredevil um, back. But I like. Uh, 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 Michael Coulter has already gone on and, and he's on a new like hit show on uh, CBS called evil. It's great. Um, uh, I don't know what Kristen Ritter's doing, but uh, like, I just, I just don't think that um, they're going to make an effort to bring back some of these characters in as the full MCU. series. No, as a one-off from time to time, they may have Luke or Jessica show up with something. If they do a daredevil, series or movie or something like that maybe the two of them will pop in um they're i would think they're definitely going to recast danny rand god i hope so jesus i yeah. hope so or they'll just never mention danny rand again because it's i mean they're not going to give up on iron fist but I it's think a shame that danny rand got eaten by that dragon once, at the end of but once you introduce shang chi do we need danny rand 
You've already got a kung fu dude. Do we need another one? I, I want to. I want the end of that story where um, Colleen Wing is actually the Iron Fist. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. That's the. That's where that story ended. Where she like he and Davos like fought over it, and then eventually they gave it to her. She uh, Danny gave it to her. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I wanted. I want that da- daughters of the dragon thing that we were promised. Is, like, I want that. What stuff. is Justin talking about? The, the collector is not going to come to Earth and be the power broker. The collector Ooh. is like a, he's busy in space. He doesn't give a shit about Earth. <laughs> collector has no collection. Yeah, the collector is like an alien. Has the collector God. even heard of Earth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. All right. Um, sure, the collector's heard of Earth because that's where Howard the Duck was hanging out. That's true. That's oh, that's true. fair. Yeah, and the collector yeah. met Star Wars. Yeah, but he's from Duck World. I don't and know. And Cosmo. Cosmo the the cosmonaut dog. Cosmo the dog. And yeah, fucking Star Lord. Come on. <laughs> you know? Yeah. All right. Well, David. I mean, do you know where everybody you meet is from? No. Yeah, but he's a collector. Scranton. He's a pretty smart guy. So Scranton. Yeah. He can figure this shit out. <laughs> All right. Uh, take it easy, guys. Be safe out there. Um, congrats on getting your second shots. Everybody else, go get vaccinated. So yeah. Con's gonna happen again. Get vaccinated often. Do it. <laughs> get vaccinated early. Get vaccinated often. Thanks, David. Good to talk to you, David. Jimbo, get in here. Tie us up, man. Let's talk. Um, turn there we go. Uh, got you. All right. Ask and unmute. Yeah. Okay. So uh aliens, I'm gonna do the Reapers from the Mass Effect uh trilogy. Ooh, that's good. Nice. I, I, like, like, that. Those. I like that. I trying to think of other ones, but my mind always kept going back. I, I I like those. Um let's see, we got numbers for you guys. Numbers. So this is for sales of March. So Jujutsu Kaisen at 6.3 million, which is ridiculous. <laughs> Demon, it's really high because Demon Slayer is now dropping back down. It's at 2.1. Oh, I hope it's okay. Oh, no. Oh, are they in trouble? Or like when you drop well, below the 3 million mark, are you in trouble of being canceled in Japan? Or <laughs> well, 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 the Demon Slayer, there's no more volumes out because the series ended last year. Oh, so everybody's just like buying. It's just other people that are just like catching right. up or whatever. Yeah, catching up. And then, oh, and, then and there's only the, 3 million of them. <laughs> right, Jesus. Right. So, and then number three, which is really exciting, is Chainsaw Man hitting 1.6. And that is slow only based off an anime that's announced for it. Because it is on a, an extended hiatus because it's switching. Okay, Chainsaw Man is a Mad Bomb comic. It's not a Joe Patrick comic. Oh, my okay? God. It looks, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, looks it is fucking it is, bonkers. It is wild. <laughs> it is, it's actually really good, really well written, but it is wild. Um, then we have Kaiju number eight at 740,000, which is important because that's digital only. Oh. Um, it's only. It's only like 30 chapters right now. That's cool that they actually count those because in the States we act like digital sales are a secret well, okay. or so, digital so, comics are only bought by ghosts. Okay. So <laughs> what I mean by, di- so it's a, di- so it's on the app only in Shonen Jump, but you can buy volume. So after like basically how volume sales, it's every eight or nine chapters, they get bound into a book and then sold. Fair so that's enough. a volume. Fair so enough. there's still volumes of it, but it's not like everything else is in a standard magazine. That's a weekly release. Right. So real so, quick, but, the uh, the the one sentence pitch for Chainsaw Man that I looked up is yeah. broke young man plus chainsaw dog demon equals yep. Chainsaw Man. <laughs> yes, it's exactly. If it. I'm running a publisher and you walk into the room and just say that, I'm going to be quiet for about 30 seconds. Then I'm going to say, 
give this man whatever he needs. <laughs> all right. Like, it's, it's pretty well. And then you and get then out of here and you come back with 700 issues. All right. It's, uh, it's, it's really well. And then just to round out the top five attack on Titan at 668,000 still selling. And it's, it's done, right? But, Didn't it? Oh, end? Well, see, that's what I kind of wanted to do a question of the week because the final chapter released on Thursday. Oh, I, okay. I've read it. And I want to do a whole question like, how do you guys deal with a uh, series coming to end? But then I'm like, wait, you guys don't have that. So I yeah, it. nothing stays ended for too long yeah. in American. So, comics, so it was that. So I guess the note. So it was uh, 139 chapters over the past 11 years. <laughs> that's that's oh, all. Yeah. huh? So quick. Yeah, he, not too bad if you want to catch up. It's only 139 chapters, you know. Yeah, it's a, it, it's a monthly series. So they're longer chapters. What are, are we so. talking like a million pages? Oh, God. Right. They're like 30 to 40. It's like. 30 to 40 pages a chapter for that. Yeah, probably. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm sorry. How many chapters did you say? Uh, 139. Okay. No, 139 times no. 40 is no. not a million. No, <laughs> it's but, a, it's a billion. And so it's even more than we thought. So, so that has ended. And then, you know, uh, it was funny listening to you guys talking about people like hating on things. And of course the, some people just absolutely hate it because they have to hate something. Sure, it was, sure. It was, it was very satisfying. Yeah, uh, it's good to know that Japanese trolls are just as bad as American trolls. Like a troll is a troll is a troll. Any way you yeah. want to you want to color them. So they're yeah, always going to be out there hating. And, and, and the author, uh, he goes, asked, what is he going to do next? He's like, well, I'm going to open a spa with all the tears for my readers. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's a nice little eat shit. <laughs> yeah. I like that. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, he, yeah. Isayama, he's a young one. The, let's see. Uh, JJK, Demon Slayer, Chainsaw Man, Attack of Titan. They're all like under 40 years old. So all their next series you know, just back up the truck, give, give them lots of money. Oh, Jim, while you're here, do I need to watch, um, house husband, what's it called? House husband on Netflix. House husband. Yeah. It's a new anime about like a dude that oh, leaves the mob. The retired, oh, the retired mob guy. Yeah. Oh. Retired, like mobbed dude that becomes a house husband. And it looks uh, hilarious. The trailer looks great, but I don't know anything about it. And I don't, I, have, not, I, I have heard of it. I've not watched it. Okay. All right. Well, I'm sorry. You watch it first and let me know. I don't have time for this shit. Right. You're my you're my anime agent. Go out there <laughs> and report back. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's your numbers. All right, excellent, Jim. Excellent. Always good to talk to you, buddy. You have a good one. Yeah, take care, guys. Bye, Jim. Miss Branch, get Peter Parker on the phone. Yes, Mr. Jameson. Okay, it's voicemail time in the ziggurat. Greetings, nerds. It is I, Professor Z, calling from the rolling plains of eastern Iowa <laughs> and my school for pretty great youngsters. I don't know if they're gifted, <laughs> but many of them are. Anyway, I have used my fantastic mental powers to attempt to read the mind of Snyder to interpret where the hell this universe was going, and I think I have cracked the code. Hear me out. So, why did they set up Martian Manhunter and all this stuff? Well, I think they might continue the universe and give us that god-awful Justice League 2 where Darkseid wins and Superman goes evil and Batman is banged Lois and they have a kid and all that crazy stuff, which is awful, which should never exist, right? Because it won't. Because the next movie is Flashpoint, where Wally West goes back in or is Barry Allen, isn't it? It's an awful one. Goes back in time and tries to fix things, like stopping the Joker from killing Robin, 
and saving Pa Kent so that he doesn't die stupidly in a tornado and is thus able to be a better role model for Superman. And Batman doesn't kill and everything gets reset and then he goes off into the sunset. Oh, and who's the villain behind all of this? Why, of course, it's Dr. Manhattan. He's the one that messed up all the movies. You're telling me you wouldn't want to see a Flashpoint directed by Zack Snyder where Dr. Manhattan is the villain. I mean, I don't really want to see that, but I kind of want to see that. Anyway, until Marvel has a movie that's released that we can talk about, to me, my (laughs) Z-Men. Okay. All right. Let's unpack that. No. Uh, so, you know, uh, the he, only he way I want to up a fun character. Right. The only way I want to see that, that movie is if I am super high in my underwear eating a chili dog uh-huh. because I just feel like shit and I just want to like do something disgusting. <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, for anybody that didn't recognize the voice, that was John, formerly from Jersey. Yes. Now relocated to Iowa. He's Dr. Z now. Uh, Professor Z Professor and his Z, school for pretty good youngsters or whatever. The hell you <laughs> pretty call good them. youngsters. You don't want to call them exceptional. That'll go to their head, you know. No, nah, yeah, I no, get no. It. You got to keep those kids wa- yeah. hungry. You know, you want them to, you want them to want it. Um, now, okay, look. If Flashpoint did, I'm take out the Doctor Manhattan thing because that's just I, I'm not even going to address that. But if you yeah, know, of course, it's if silly. Flashpoint did that and fixed this shit. And said, like, yeah, everything was broken from the beginning, and now I'm going to go back in time and fix it. And at the end, none of that shit ever happened. I'm fine with it. <laughs> That's totally, not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But if they did, like, a Days of the Future Past thing, you know, like they did with the X-Men movie. Where they went, oh, oh, you know what? I Everything's different now. I should I should follow my own advice and never say that yeah. nothing can happen. There you go. Because uh, DC because, is so desperate yeah, right they now. they did it with the X-Men. Yeah. They totally did. And DC is so desperate to, like, keep this shit rolling, but not in the same way with, like, all the hateful fucking fans that are making them look like shit online. You know, like, one of the biggest... Okay, I, I'm trying to think of it. Let me get my thoughts together, and I'm going to edit this. But one of the biggest things that came out of the Snyder Cut, coverage-wise, like news coverage-wise, was, oh my God, this fan base is a fucking nightmare. And DC is not, like Vanity Fair wrote like a whole article about it. Not about the, didn't even talk about the quality of the movie. Just talked about the incels that were online attacking everyone for Zack Snyder, basically. And that is not a good look for DC. And they do not want that look. And that's probably part of the reason why we're never going to see this again. So not, not to mention that it was fucking terrible, but if they undid all that shit, flashpoint would be the place to do it. It would absolutely be the place. Yeah, to do no, it. I agree. I, I like, I don't know. I don't know what they're planning. I don't it's know what they're happen. doing. I, I really, all I think it is, is that they are setting up. They want to like cement this idea that the DC um, movie universe is a multiverse. And that's why, and that's why there's room for things like Aquaman and Shazam and Wonder Woman. And also the grim and gritty shit that people seem to like. Um, And that, I mean, that's fine with me, you know, like there's room for all different types of stories. I get it. Sure. As long as DC 
figures it out and understands that DC fans, people that love DC comics, love DC comics because they are bright and hopeful right. and well, fun. Not everyone, you know? Joe. Come on. Don't put them all in a box. I'm, so, I'm talking about like classic DC fans. Classic DC fans. Fair enough. And, yeah, and there's a reason why Shazam was popular, why the Wonder Woman movies are so popular. Aquaman, I know you hated it. I hated it. But like I talked to a lot of people online and they fucking no, love look, the Aquaman movie because it's so silly. My it's problem so with Aquaman goofy. is not that it was too dark. It's not that it was brooding. It's not that it was insulting to the character. It was just poorly written and dumb. You know, like it, it was an improvement from both Superman films and Justice League. I'll give you that without question. But I mean, you're poorly written and dumb is another person's like goofy and fun. Sure. And that's what I got out of Aquaman. I was like, this movie is a blast. That crab is playing the drums. It's all yours. Or uh, that octopus is playing the drums. You know what? I'm totally that over. That crab is Scottish for no reason. I'm completely over the fan outcry for, how can you just end Deathstroke's story like this? Guys. Oh, yeah. No, I don't. We got shit. Deathstroke on camera for less than two minutes. So don't yep. tell me they set up some massive thing. <laughs> Fuck off. We saw him in the costume. I think he had one line. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I mean, they did They did show him uh, in the extended cut. They did show him in the alternate future as, as part of Batman's group. But, but yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. It's like, yeah. look, man. Get over yes, it. Yes, Joe Mangi Mangiello or whatever would have been a great death stroke. Sure. And, and like, oh, you can't just set up the Martian Manhunter and then not use it. Look, if that was the Martian Manhunter, then we need to talk. We need to talk to the Martian Manhunter because the world almost blew up three times while you sat around and watched and then decided, oh, hey, uh, I wouldn't mind being on this team. <laughs> yeah, Fuck yeah, yeah. You, dude. No. Yeah, exactly. No. Exactly. That is not how you apply for a job. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, it, it, what it is, you know, it's it's what people were saying when uh, when they were saying the Snyder Cut is not real. It's not a thing. It doesn't exist. And it's because when you piece together a story from bits and pieces, some of which got filmed and some of which didn't. Right. That's not the sign of some grand plan. No, no. It means you've jig you've Frankensteined a story out of parts. Right. And so it doesn't make any sense to end the movie with Martian Manhunter saying, I'm here to protect humanity. Let's team up. Right. Because he's been here since the start of the DC extended universe. Yeah. D embarrassingly dumb. But regardless. Yeah. James Kaplan right. is Can here too. Yeah. James Kaplan's going to lift the uh, discourse for us a little bit. Hey guys, James Kaplan here uh, with an answer for the question of the week. It's a tough one. There have obviously been so many compelling, good, interesting alien species uh, over the years. Um, I think just as a real, like, next-generation Trek head uh, growing up, um, I got to say the Borg. Like, I just think it's such a cool concept, and just the notion of this enemy that, you know, is so relentless, you can't negotiate with them, they're not, you know, like, like it's just, yeah. it's such a different concept than something like the Klingons, which is all about their, their personalities. Um, so, yeah, no, I think the Borg, I just, and I've loved um, the Picard show, and the interesting ways that they were exploring sort of the fallout from post 
board life. Um, yeah, no, I think um, they're just really incredibly compelling fodder for for, for good storytelling. Uh, I also want to say I am loving Falcon and Winter Soldier so far. Episode two yesterday was great. Oh my god, the like sort of group therapy stuff was both touching and hilarious. And um, Marvel is just really good at creating antagonists, sort of villains with a point that. You know, to the point that you're like, well, they're not really a villain. They're really more of an, you know, just speaking in general terms, you're like, well, I guess they're an antagonist, but they really, they seem pretty noble. And I don't know, they seem like they maybe have a point. So I don't know. Anyway, that's what I had in mind. Uh, uh, hope you're doing well. Take care. Yeah, we talked about it earlier. Marvel Thank you, James. has done a hell of a job setting up their bad guys. And that right. is just as important as setting up your heroes. And well, yeah, and it's 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 funny that he's uh, this call is two weeks old uh, because we talked about this after episode two. It's like oh, John Walker is a good guy. Like we yeah. liked him. We liked him. Definitely. Yeah. And you, and you feel for this poor guy. It's all of a sudden they're like, you're Captain America now. Oh, my God. What the hell kind of pressure could that right. be? You know? Yeah. Like that that opening scene when when he's in his old high school locker room and he's talking about the pressure yeah. and the expectation. And and then like he runs out onto the field to that like marching band remix of Star Spangled Man with a plan from yeah. the original. I was like, okay, you've got it. You've got me. Yeah. You've got me. And then in the interview, he was so like affable and charming. And and you know and he's yeah, going like, to fail. You know right. and then he's over going the course to fail. of the next two episodes, it's like, oh in episode three, it's like, oh, uh, hmm. Oh, no, it was at the end of episode. Was it at the end of episode two? It was at the end of episode two where um, Bucky and Sam refused to work with him. And he's like, well, then stay the hell out of my way. Yeah. And then it was in episode three where he yells at the guy. Do you know who the hell I am? Yeah. Uh, and the guy was like, I do. And I just don't care. Yeah. And um, which was also a great scene. It was a great scene. Because he's and like, then, I'm doing uh, the job. See me? I'm doing the damn job. Right. And the rest I'm of the world. And God the rest of the world's like, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and nope, uh and not. then um there was the uh the scene the scenes this week where uh, there's the huge fight with the Wakandans with the with the Dora Milaje. And after they get their asses kicked, uh Walker is like hunched over and despondent. And he says, I actually uh, said this while you were gone, but yeah, he, yeah, he says like, she wasn't even super, they weren't even super soldiers. She was just a woman with a spear. They weren't even super soldiers. Yeah. And somebody in the chat had mentioned that. And it's like, Oh my God, that's like, there it is. That's John Walker. Yeah. He's insecure. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. And then he, you know, takes the serum and he kills the guy in the same scene. You see Bucky get his ass kicked too. And an amazing scene where they literally just disconnect his arm and it falls onto the floor. And he's like, (laughs) right. And and Sam's like, did you know they could do that? And he was like, no, (laughs) but he puts it back on. Right. And And like, I saw, I saw somebody on took his ass kicking because Bucky's like, I'm, I'm, I'm humble now. I get it. And like, it's not about, you know, should we just should I be able to just mow through everything in front of me? That's not what Captain America did. Bucky's being the humble guy. Now cap got his ass kicked too. He got knocked around a few times, but he didn't stop. Whereas John Walker, when he gets his ass kicked, it is a problem. It is, and it is a fundamental, right. like, strike on his 
not even his ego, but his mission. And his mission is to be I mean, his sense Captain of self, America. Self-worth. No matter what, yeah. I have to be Captain America and do the damn job. And that is going to be his downfall. His downfall. Yeah. Um, somebody online, uh, one of my pals w- or online was talking about, uh, it's like, you know that those Wakandans have a tracking device in that arm and that's how they found him. Of course. And yeah, the, like the other people were like, yeah, if you gave... If you gave an, a, a technologically advanced super weapon to a man with a history of blacking out and murdering people, <laughs> yes. you'd put a tracking device in it, you too. You absolutely know where he is. And yeah, we're talking about the Black Panther here. No yeah, question. And also, and also a way to just like boop, boop on your key fob and have it fall off. Yeah, this is Marvel's <laughs> Batman we're talking about, basically. So yes, not hard to believe. Yeah, no, nah, that was rad. That All was right. Rad. Let's see Thank you, James. Frank has a... Wait, now, hold on. You skipped over Tony Mathers. Oh, I did? Yes, Tony Mathers uh, from 327, same day as James. Voicemail, area code 479. Huh, okay. Hey guys, Tony Mathers. I was calling in about a bunch of nerd stuff. Uh, watch the Snyder cut. That's like watching uh, Scott Snyder just do a slow jerk for four hours. Uh, <laughs> Captain uh, or Falcon and Winter Soldier is amazing. Uh, I love the show. Uh, it's so frustrating watching uh, someone else take over Captain America's mantle. And uh, I just can't understand after everything the Avengers did, why they're just not being treated like gods. And, you know, Sam can even get a bank loan. Uh, Invincible is amazing. Watched all three episodes. The voice cast is just out of this world. And the simple line design of all the characters really makes animation just pop. And uh, finally, I love the new Marvel lineup for the movies this year. We're getting four movies this year. Uh, Hopefully, fingers crossed. I'm so excited for that. I I need some new Marvel movies in my life. Oh, and side note, uh, Pierce Brosnan, Dr. Fate, I don't care. All right, guys, have a good one. Thanks. Oh, I love that, actually. Uh, I'm uh, calling my shot. They kill him. They kill him, and we get a new Dr. Fate in that movie. Why? Why would they kill Like, why? Because Pierce Brosnan's an that? older dude, an older white dude, and they're going to want to introduce somebody younger and probably not white, which I totally understand. I mean, but Pierce Brosnan, you watch. Call my shot. He dies. I mean, they're doing the JSA, though, so, like, Hawkman's in it, and, uh, you know. They're going to do the JSA, sure, but I bet it's going to be a bunch of younger heroes replacing the old ones. Well, um, Hawkman is uh, being played by Aldous Hodge, who was on the show Leverage. He was right. the uh, computer tech guy. Yeah, he's great. I um, love that guy. No, I love him, People yes. wanted him um, to be Wolverine for a while. What's that? People wanted him to be Wolverine for a while, didn't they? Or no, that was the other guy on Leverage I'm thinking of. The, yeah, the you're thinking of guy. the guy that was on Angel. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I can't say his name. Uh, no, I don't remember his name yeah. either. Not Christian Kane, I think is his something name. Something like that, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, so like, I, like, and I give them total 100% kudos because Aldous Hodge is black. Like, not, not even like, he's black, black, man. He's, yeah. he is a black man. I'm going to cut you saying and, all this stuff. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm just saying like, I, I, mean, I think the black, it's great. black part. I'm going to cut that. <laughs> so. No, no. I mean, I I'm saying like, it's not, they didn't cast a, a light skinned black man or right. a mixed race person that, you know, that the, that the, that the whites can be comfortable with. No, it's like, no, well, Aldous Hodge is like, a black man. Quite honestly, I have no problem. Like Hawkman. Fine. 
it makes total sense. Just that, give me that a good there would Hawk- be an incarnation of Hawkman that was black. Sure, just give me a good Hawkman. I don't care who yeah. plays him at this point. So there's right. really nothing very interesting about it. Kurt is that? His, I can't say his name. The Carter Hall. Carter Hall. I mean, there isn't anything that like crazy interesting about the character that I'm going to be like, no, you can't change that to a black person. You know what? Who cares? Well, yeah. I mean, there there are very there are very 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 few characters where their race is a part of what their character exactly. is. Yeah. And uh, quite honestly, like, if he was a, like an ancient Egyptian at one point, yeah, he was a black dude. <laughs> so yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Come on. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. Excellent call as always. Um, so this email from cliff is not a, there's nothing there. It's just a question of the week. Uh, okay. I'm going to do Frank then. Next up is Frank. Yeah. All right. Now let's get to do, Frank. Do the one that says JLA rant. That's what I've got. Okay. Let's go to Frank now for his JL rant as he listed it. Hello, test, test, one, two, one, oh, two. Man. You guys listening? He's coming from, right. the, well, <laughs> from the water well, tower. Pick up the phone. Come on, pick up the phone. <laughs> anyway, hey, this is Frank calling in from New York. Can't be on the show today. I'm driving down to Long Island. So I decided to call in from a megaphone. <laughs> All right, so I watched the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Just to be clear, could have been anything. Um, the Snyder Cut. You of know, it was. I agree with uh, what Matt said. It is a better movie than the original release. It has more depth to it. There's more character development in it. But it is a long, drawn out story that you're watching. It took me five days to watch it. Yeah, it took me three and a half. <laughs> um, why did it take me five days? Yeah, partially because I have little kids, partially because I, I frankly couldn't get through it. I'd watch like about a half an hour of it and be like, oh, okay, let me shut this off for a bit. You know, I think one night towards the end of the movie, I was able to watch about maybe an hour and 20 minutes, you know, the final sequence of the movie. Um, the slow motion is totally unbearable. It's like every single scene. I saw a really funny meme about, you know, hey, uh, the the editor talking to Zack Snyder. It's like, hey, what do you want to do with this, with this scene? Slow motion. Like, but you just did slow motion. You know, it's, it's like every single fight scene is in slow motion. I get that the slow motion works well with the flash, but you don't have to have every single thing. And I know we've talked about this in the past, but Superman uh, and Batman's portrayal, uh, you, you know, you, you could change Aquaman a bit. I, he's a little, make him a little rougher around the edges. That's fine. I, I don't really mind because Aquaman's not one of those iconic characters. Um, Ooh, Wonder Woman now. is an easy iconic now. character and they handled her character well. Uh, but I do have to say every time that, cause Matt mentioned it every time she goes into a fight there's that amazonian singing yelling thing in the background and it's i could not the ancient help lamentations every Christ. single time it wasn't just fighting it's, it's ridiculous it's like when she it's walked totally by or she waved to somebody <laughs> and it has a, a lot of like weird it just it's just weird it's like why do you have to insert that every time you know um if this movie did not have as much slow motion in it it probably only would have been about two hours and 15 minutes yeah um 
Yes. It's it's a little it it's somebody a little counted bit it too it would have been long. About it really minutes. is. It's so drawn out. Yeah, forty five minutes shorter. I would not recommend sitting through the whole thing all at once. I, I'm glad it was broken up into parts, but honestly, you know, I didn't think that I didn't think that it was it, it was justified to be that long. If they had done it in five episodes and released it in five episodes or six episodes, whatever it was, I, I would say, yeah, that's cool. You know, like watch it as like almost like a TV show. And I think it would have been a little bit more bearable like that. Yeah, it would definitely would have been more palatable. But he's not wrong. Had they done it episodic TV style, it would have been much more palatable. Yes, it would have gone down easier. Absolutely. Yes. Give me five episodes, five chapters, right? And it was six chapters. Yeah. Pardon me, six chapters and eight epilogues or whatever it was. But yeah, right, it, yeah, it would have yeah. been way more palatable. And I, that just comes down to, like we talked, ego. It comes down to his ego and refusing to be edited and giving us everything. So good for you, Zach. Um, Hope you find a job. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I am, uh, I, I'm done talking about the Snyder Cup forever. So yeah. let's move on to our final call. Ryan Hebrews Mount. Good morning. This is Ryan Mount, a.k.a. Hebrews, calling in for cover to cover. Um, two things I kind of want to talk about. First one is my main thing. Uh, so I've been going back, reading some old X-Men runs and some stuff that uh, when I got back in the comics and see if any of it held up, which led me down the path to Ed Brubaker's run on X-Men. Woof. While the story is good and I really enjoyed it, probably more than a lot of X-Books I've read since then, the art was atrocious. <laughs> the I can't even remember who it was on Deadly Genesis, but it was bad. Who was that? It was Trevor Hairsign. Was it Hairsign on Deadly yeah. Genesis? I like mm-hmm. Hairsign. God. And then following his actual run, it was Greg Land, Salvador LaRocca, and Billy Tan. Yeah. Billy and Tan. I got to tell you, man, I, I'm glad Tan. Marvel gave him Steve Epting for Captain America, but whew. Those are some rough artists. And maybe it's a relic of the time, and maybe that's how the books looked. No. But I got to tell you, is there ever been a writer who was done so wrong that what Ed Brubaker got on Uncanny X-Men? So maybe that's a question of the week for some folks, but I'm just curious if you have any of terrible runs of artists with great writers. Um, but yeah, also that, that time in X-Men, like really great to read, horrible to look at. Um, and then next week, probably going to call in and uh, talk about the work of Chris Baker. I just finished Truth last week um, due to Falcon Winter Soldier. And okay, it's an interesting book. Baker. And the, the art style was certainly a choice. And uh, I'm going through his career, which is really all over the place. Um, the art hasn't changed much, but boy, the types of stories that he does yeah. is kind of all over there. So be calling in and talk about that next week. All right. Later, nerds. I'm a huge fan of Kyle Baker. Good morning. Stop. Do it again. Sorry. I'm a, I'm huge. a huge fan of Kyle Baker, especially the graphic novels he did in the 80s and 90s. Uh, uh, I Die at Midnight, The Cowboy Wally Show. Those are great, great. Um, he had a wonderful run on Plastic Man. This is going to tie uh, directly into the new question of the week that I am posing, by the way. Oh, all right. Hey. Yeah. So, so, so hold on to that <laughs> because it's going to tie directly into it. So let's answer our, our favorite aliens real quick. We don't need to go real deep into it. And I'll just <laughs> list. I'm going to go down the list real fast because there's a bunch. I mean, my favorite alien of all time is a xenomorph from Aliens. No question. Star Wars, the Rodians, because I think Greedo kicks ass. Star Trek, Klingons. Not even close. Love me some Klingons. All of them. I'm talking from all the way back to the original Klingons to brand new, absolutely terrifying, no hair, even crazier Klingon voices. (laughs) Okay? Love them all. Comic books, 
DC, Thanagarians. Love the Thanagarians. They're the hawk people. The manhawks are even cooler. I love everything that happens on Thanagar. Marvel, Skrulls. No question. I love the Skrulls. They've always been great. They're always fun. And now that the Skrulls are sympathetic, I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> I love it. So, Dan, yeah, wow. Favorite aliens. Boom. Uh, gosh, I don't, I didn't make a list. I feel bad. Um, so DC, uh, Kryptonians. Sorry, no contest. Nerd. Uh, Marvel. I also really love the Skrulls. I'll, 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 I'll give it to the Skrulls. I thought about the Shire, but the Shire, it's just like, you know. You know what? The Shi- the, the Shi'ar are kind of boring. Yeah, they're uh, bird people. I, I, they're always getting kicked around. <laughs> um, the the best thing the Shi'ar have going for them is the, the Imperial, Imperial Guard, Guard and no they're question. not all. They're not even all Shi'ar. Yeah, they're just under the Shi'ar protectorate or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, Star Wars is tough. Um, you know, uh, Wookies, baby. I love Wookies. That's fair. Yeah, Wookies. I rad. love a, I love a Wookie. Uh, we only really ever saw one Wookiee in the main uh, series, but we're, we're not going to talk about seeing the other Wookiees because that was stupid. <laughs> well, I mean, in Solo, you, we got to see Chewie's like people, and I thought that was all right. Oh, I'm we're talking about the, the prequels slavery. where we were right there on Kashyyyk having a jet ski battle with the Wookiees. Like, ugh, God, it was that just... did not happen. Yeah, absolutely did. You don't remember when the clones came to Kashyyyk? And there was a huge jet ski battle on the lake. And then at the end of the fight, Yoda says, miss you most of all, I will, Chewbacca, thereby fucking up everything that happens in Empire Strikes Back going on. Nope, that didn't happen. I don't remember that. It Do you happen. want me to show you? Matt, I can't help that the episode two was only 30 minutes long. It's not my fault. <laughs> oh, you're writing it off. <laughs> I see. Yeah, okay. like there, there, there was not a jet ski battle on Kashyyyk. Yeah, that oh is the God. dumbest thing I've it ever heard of. It was the worst. <laughs> um, uh, Star Trek. God, that was hard for me to. Uh, You're a Betazoid man, aren't you? I really love the Ferengi. I love. The I do Ferengi. too. Yeah, I love the Ferengi too. They're great. Like and like as much as I love the Klingons, I, and I do love the Klingons. Like anytime there's a story about like Ferengi culture, or the Grand Negus shows up, oh, yeah. or Quark's mom, yeah, or it's about uh, uh, Nog joining Starfleet. Like, I want it. Give me all the Ferengi <laughs> content. I love it. Um. So yeah, those are my faves. Fun. All right. New question of the week, and we're going to get out of here. And it goes right after what Ryan Mount was talking about. A couple of weeks ago, I was playing D&D with my other comic book nerd friends, and we got into a conversation about weirdo artists. Artists with super weird style that you love and hate. I want to hear both. Like the first artist that really challenged your idea that you fell in love with of, of comic art, like a Bill Sienkiewicz type person or a Sam Keith, perhaps. I want to hear th- about the weirdo artist that you love and the weirdo artist that you cannot stand. And I will be real honest. Kyle Baker is one of those guys that I loved and loved and loved. And then hit a point in his life where I just wanted to stop looking at what he was doing because <laughs> I stopped understanding it altogether. So let's right. get into it. Weirdo artists, man. And you know what I'm talking about. Not like a good or a bad artist, but an artist that has their instantly recognizable style and it is not your typical comic book superhero straight ahead, you know, art style. Now, are you talking about, are you talking about choosing an artist that you fell out of love with? 
or it could be if you want one weirdo artist that you love and one weirdo artist that you hate it could be one that you loved and then they turned like I have a relationship with Sam Keith where I loved Sam Keith I thought Sam Keith was the most intensely bizarre amazing artist I've ever seen and then Sam Keith achieved his final form and I went I don't want to look at Sam Keith anymore like that is I, this is too much. <laughs> like, the feet got so Final long form. and pointy that the feet started curling back into points. And I was just like, what are we doing, Sam? You know, <laughs> Weirdo artists. Let's hear about it. Yeah. It'll be fun. Love it. We'll do it next week right here. We'll have so much more to talk about. Thanks to everybody that played along today. I would love to hear from some ladies. I know you're out there. I know you like comics. I know you like these shows. I'd like to get some lady power in here. Call us, girls, please. We'd, we'd love to talk to you, all right? Uh, I think that's it. I think we're done here. Thank God. I think we've I'm ruined. I'm so tired. We've besmirched our good names enough for one Saturday. So yeah. let's get out of here. Take care of some business. My name is Matt Baum. My name is Joe Patrick. And this is the Two-Headed Nerd. Signing off.